This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. As you're listening to us from all over Florida and the southeast and all the way up to the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, however you're listening to the show today, we're going to talk about a a topic, a conversation that I hope will stretch you in places you've never been stretched before spiritually to shift your mindset into an area that's never been shifted before. We're just so grateful that you're tuning in. Martha and I would love for you to engage with us. There's so many different ways. Martha, why don't you highlight one of those great ways today? Well, you know what? I just want to highlight um, the I Work For Him Nation. I know we talk about it. We have a couple spots where people um, are listening to like a commercial about the I Work For Him Nation. But let me just encourage people that if you are going to work every day and you're frustrated with maybe some people that you work with or your boss or your some situations, um, the I Work For Him Nation is just an, a challenge, a commitment that is made between you and the Lord um, and you let us know about it just so we can give you some information to help you along the way. But to pray for your coworkers and employees, to pray for the situations around you, and to pray for opportunities, and to encourage and to work with excellence in all that we do. So if you go to our website, iworkforhim.com, that's iwork, the number four, him.com. This is a place where um, a flag will pop up. You can read it for yourself. See if this is something you believe that God's calling you to commit to. Jim, we just had somebody join in Virginia, and I believe that it would be as a result of us now being on the air in Virginia up there. On I hope so. Hampton, I think it's very cool. Hampton Roads area. So thank you guys for listening and really uh, taking this information that we get to share every day with the different um, guests that we have on and make an impact in the workplace for the kingdom. You know, for many, many years, we have uh, talked about the I Work For Him Nation, Martha. And, and really, uh, there's some people listening to the show are thinking, but that doesn't apply to me. I'm retired. What does that have to do with me? It says I work for him, not I retire for him. And, and today, we're going to challenge that. But before we challenge it and go to the I Retire For Him Nation and, and talk specifically about a ministry called Retirement Reformation, I really want to just highlight what the I Work For Him Nation is all about. I and mean, we're looking for people to just make a, a covenant between them and God. It's not like a club you join or anything like that. It is a commitment you make between you and the Lord to start praying for the people that you work alongside by name each and every day. First step, step simple enough. Then the next step is to go ahead and look for ways to serve them over and above what your work requires you to do. Then look for ways to serve them for ways in ways, befriend them and serve them in ways outside of the workplace, right. all along being a person of excellence in your workplace, but then looking for ways to pray with people. So important that we do that. But today we're going to shift that to the I retire for him nation. You know, the statistics are staggering. They're staggering. Retirement is under attack. No, not by the media or the news or even the government. Retirement is under attack in the kingdom. For far too many years, those of us who call ourselves, quote unquote, Christians or Jesus followers, they've allowed the enemy to woo the most valuable citizens of the kingdom to sleep. How? By providing social security and 401k plans and promoting retirement villages and neighborhoods, by building freeways to Arizona and to Florida and many other retirement destinations. Why did the enemy do this? In order to deliver a devastating but temporary blow to the advancement of the kingdom, the enemy has convinced chronologically superior people to check out rather than gather all together in one place and sit back. Well, 
to get them to check it out, to get them to gather together in one place, sit back and relax and enjoy the rainbows and unicorns of a well-deserved rest. What the enemy knew then is what we know now full well. When we remove the wisdom and knowledge of the chronologically superior from our younger generations, they start to mimic the behaviors of Rehoboam and his friends. Look that one up in the Old Testament. Enough. Enough of believing the lies that retirement is well-deserved. Enough of checking out. Enough of slipping quietly away. Enough. The world is falling apart, and you, the I Retire for Him nation, are desperately needed. You need to reject the lies that are not needed, and you need to embrace the truth who tells you that you are a key to discipling, investing spiritually, and mentoring, living life in their midst to the next generations. If you do, our country has a chance, and the kingdom will again begin advancing with a tidal wave of strength. You have an ally here, and I work for him. We need you. I need you. So today, Martha and I get to talk with Bruce, Bruce Brinesma about his ministry called Retirement Reformation, living intentionally in our second phase. That's retirement. Bruce Brinesma, welcome to I Work For Him. Glad to be part of your show today and to talk to your audience and to be with you. It's a blessing. Well, we're just we're excited to hear the story of the Retirement Reformation. But before we do, as we ask every first-time guest on I Work For Him, we ask this question. How did you come to be a follower of Jesus? Well, that's a great question, and the answer is just so satisfying. It goes back to when I was 13 and uh, took that first step of, of affirming that Jesus Christ is my personal Savior, that, that I need His grace, I need His forgiveness, and that I want to follow Him. That began a journey, and that journey at age 13 continues. And it's continued for, you know, like 58 years. So it's, it's just a long journey, but it's, uh, it, it's a critical journey, and uh, the fruits of the Spirit are just such a blessing. Mm, that's so fabulous. So, Bruce, at what point in your life did you realize that there was a connection between your faith and your work? Well, you know, like many of us, it takes a while. That, that spiritual growth, that spiritual maturity doesn't all happen in just a flash. Um, it, it was, I, was, I was 30. And I was on an airplane and ran out of everything to read. And I turned to my wife and I said, so what you got for me to read? And she pulled out a Bible. I just simply opened it and it came and it, and it opened to, uh, to that, that wonderful book of Ecclesiastes. And it was <laughs> wow. at that point, it was at that point that I understood that if the richest, most famous, most powerful, man in the world could come to the conclusion that the answers were all to be found in God and that everything else was just simply a large wind, that then I need to be able to connect all of my life and to reflect Jesus in everything that I did. And then that's been a continuing journey. Not an easy one, not always a straight path, but always a consistent one that points to Jesus. You know, what I, what I, you know, we go down the road, okay, so now you're, as you said, um, 50 years later to that conversation when you committed your lives to Christ, when you committed your life to Christ, God has caused you to realize something that I have seen and so desperately experienced in, in the in the chronologically superior, as we call them here and I work for him, mm-hmm. in the chronologically superior in this country, in the church, in the body of Christ, what, at what point in time in life did God rock your world and bring you to the idea that you now call retirement reformation? Well, again, that was a process, like many things in our lives. And I spent uh, almost 30 years helping people to, to, uh, to identify and, and respond to the financial needs that the future would have. But after about 30 years of that, um, 
I realized that, that, you know, there's a bigger question than the money. And the question is this, or the, the question is this, if your why isn't big enough, the how isn't important. And the why that I was faced with was, well, why, why is it that 85% of Christians, when asked, what are you going to do in retirement, come up with the answer of, of the, the fantastic answer, the unbelievable answer, my goodness, of nothing. Mm. They know what they're going to retire from. They know what they're going to have freedom from, but they have no clue as to what they're going to have freedom to. And when mm. that, that thought arrived, when that thought arrived, and I'll tell you when it happened. It happened on an airplane. And the airplane was a, a ride from, from Tokyo to Dallas, and there was a gentleman sitting next to me. And usually I don't talk to people when I'm making those long flights, but, but I happened to talk to him, and it turned out that he was a Christian and he was a business guy. And I said, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. I said, so, you know, where are you in your spiritual journey in your life? He said, well, I sold my businesses six years ago. I said, so what have you been doing in the intermediate six years? And he said, honestly, Bruce, nothing. My yeah. question to him was, well, how's that working out for you? And, he, and his answer was, and, and this is when that moment came. He said, you know, Bruce, I think I'm at the end of nothing. We're talking today with Bruce Brinesma from retirementreformation.org. Retirementreformation.org. I recommend you get out there, click on the manifesto tab. The manifesto is the retirement manifesto that says, I am not going to get in the grandstands and watch the game of life. I'm going to run to the end of the race. And if you missed the first segment of the show, you missed, you missed statements like this. If your why isn't big enough, then the how isn't important. And then you talked to a guy on an airplane and said, if, what do you get freedom from instead of freedom to freedom from work, but freedom to do what? And he was talking, Bruce was talking to a guy and a seatmate on an airplane saying, this guy, after six years of quote-unquote retirement, living the dream, came to the end of nothing. Bruce Brinesville, welcome back to I Work For Him. Uh, it's good to be with both uh, you and Martha, Martha and your audience. Matter of fact, if I can just give you a thought that, that your audience can hang on to, is that the goal is to be faithful for a lifetime faithful for a lifetime. There's a phrase there's a, that, that will really make a difference. Let me just tell you a quick story. Um, there's a, a gal lives in Tucson, and uh, her name is Peg. Peg was a missionary, and uh, she's 93 now, not well, uh, in a nursing home, uh, walks with a cane, gets up every morning, does her, goes to the bathroom, does, her, you know, does the things that she does, walks around a little bit, has a little bit to eat, and climbs back in bed. Next to her bed... Next to her bed is her table, and it's got her pills and her water bottle. Remember, she's 93. And then she also has a telephone book and a telephone. And she hauls that book over to her lap and goes to the doggered page and opens it up and goes down the list and dials a number. And when someone answers, here's what she says. She says, good morning, my name is Peg. And I'm praying my way through the phone book. And is there anything that I can pray for you today? Age 93, carrying out the mission, caring for her community, and making a difference at age 93 from her bed. What a challenge to all of us who are ambulatory, have got skills and talents and abilities, and lots of time left. 
Wow, that I, is impactful story. I know we've talked to retirees. There's a, another ministry that we've talked to that is uh, uh, that uses uh, what we call chronologically superior people to actually chat with people online. Uh, the the Jesus Care Project uses a ton of ge- uh, chronologically superior people who are homebound to do online chatting with people and uh, leading them to Christ and have a conversation with with them in Christ when they're in crisis. So lots of things. But but we digress. I wanna I wanna go back and I wanna hit this retirementreformation.org. Bruce, why is what we've been told as Americans, why is what we've been told about retirement really fake news? Well, here's the, here's the message that our, that our society gives to us, that our culture brings to us. It says that retirement is just one downhill slog. The two key characteristics is that we are, we are going downhill both physically and mentally. Then we die, and our goal is to jam as much leisure as we possibly can into that intervening period. There couldn't be a bigger lie. There couldn't be more fake news. One of the things that we realize is that, yes, we, we do go down physically and we do go down mentally over that. Do you know that retirement's 30 years, for pity's sakes? That's the planning horizon, 30 years. If I can just interject to your audience, think back. Go from whatever age you are and go back 30 years. And then ask yourself the question, anything happened during that 30 years? <laughs> oh, my goodness, everything happened. You know, yeah. between 20 and 50, let's say. My goodness. So what is it that why we would think that, in fact, retirement is one homogeneous period instead of three key stages in life that, in fact, each, in, in each one of those stages, God has a role for us? Mm. And it's so important that we recognize that. So what are the, what, say, the three stages of life then? Yes, exactly. There are three stages of life. Okay. And, uh, and so if I can just break those out chronologically for you, they are, they are from 67 to, say, 77, somewhere in that area. Okay. And that's an active application period of time. And so we may be a little bit slower, but my goodness, we've got all the years of experience. We've got all the, all, a lot of energy and lots of things. We, we can be very active. Sure. In that seven, 77 to 87 period, much more, in, much more of, of a mentoring period, a time of, of being able to, time of being able to, <laughs> a time of being able to, uh, a time of being able to uh, mentor others. Yes, and sure. Then, and, and then that third period of life, uh, which is uh, one of reflection and the ability to reflect upon what it is that you've learned and the ability to, uh, to, to share that with others. Billy Graham's book that he wrote at age 97 is a good example of that. And, uh, yes. and he will, uh, uh, and, and Jimmy Carter wrote two books after age 90 that were both, you know, pretty strong and, uh, and worthwhile for us to, uh, to pay attention to. So you've got these three stages of life and the opportunity to be able to reflect um, uh, to, to others about mm-hmm. what God has taught you. I think it's important, Bruce, that we note that you are suffering from some bad weather somewhere in the United States of America and are stuck in an airport instead of maybe your office or somewhere else to do the interview today. I don't want people to think, hey, he's like trying to multitask while he's on air, but you got stuck somewhere today, didn't you? I'm in the Admirals Club in the Denver airport. <laughs> nice. So, and, and the weather there, snowy and icy, or is it where you're going, snowy and icy? 
No, we're uh, they're expecting four to five inches, and I uh, just made it up here. Hopefully, the flight in an hour and a half or so will uh, will allow me to get out of here. But uh, it was important conversation. So, if your audience will uh, uh, will forgive any background noise, uh, that would be that would be a blessing. Well, I think it kind of goes with the theme. You've already brought up the airport a couple of times, and that's where you've met some amazing, you know, had a, a couple of amazing stories. So it just kind of goes with it. So we're we're very grateful to have you on today. So tell us about you have a, a thing that you call spiritual dormancy. What is that? Well, it's you know it's it's that fact that when you when you hit sixty five to seventy and 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 your and your your culture your view that you've adopted from the culture is that you're to do nothing. Mm. Therefore, you stop your spiritual. All the things stop. Yet, what we've learned is that while yes, you're going downhill physically, perhaps over time, and perhaps mentally over time, but there's two great opportunities that are available to us that that uh, that take that spiritual dormancy and, and 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 make it alive. We have the opportunity to continue to grow spiritually, go closer to God, to have a greater understanding, to appropriate more of His wisdom, uh, to be able to bring that into our lives. The second uh, offsetting opportunity is to be able to grow emotionally. And by that I mean the opportunity to, to be able to speak into all the difficult situations of life with godly wisdom and the experiences that you've had. All of us in your audience, we all have people that, that we haven't reconciled with, that we are either estranged from or that we've got struggles with. Uh, parents, grandparents, kids, brothers, sisters, neighbors, and God wants us to be able to address those issues and to bring them to a God-honoring conclusion. And we have the opportunity through our, our closer walk with Him and then our growth in our, our emotional uh, maturity to be able to address those issues in really significant and God-honoring ways. Mm. We just have a couple minutes left till the break, but I just, you know, something you said made me think about the fact that you said, you know, a lot of people, they get to that that retirement age or whatever, and they're saying, um, you know, they, they quit growing spiritually when in fact we dream of the day where we don't, we can linger in our quiet time and what an opportunity it is for spiritual growth when you don't have to be punching a clock at a certain time of day. And, um, you know, just taking that opportunity as opposed to just setting it aside. I just think there's a great challenge there. Don't you, Jim? I really do. And Bruce, what I love about retirement reformation is that you're taking, you're tackling the idea that retirement is time to check out and to just do a, live a life of leisure, and you're trying to wake up Christ followers all across the country and around the world with your retirement manifesto. In 30 seconds, tell people what that retirement manifesto is all about. The retirement manifesto is the, is the opportunity to bring together in, in one document, like the Declaration of Independence, that, that brings great truths in a concise form so that we can both understand and grow along with it. As Christ followers who are chronologically superior and are maybe done getting a paycheck, it doesn't mean you're done living. Mm. We desperately need you. And I just want you to put into perspective, what does the world look like when we start to take all of the chronologically superior people who are no longer working and put them in a couple of two or three states of our country and leave the young people to run the world? Well, I think all you got to do is turn the news on. We elected such a person who's got such ideas uh, out of several different states, but in Texas and Arizona and Florida, 
that's where all the all the quote unquote retirees are at. It, it people, we've got to stop living away from the young people who desperately need the wisdom that we have. Huh. How do we fix this? How about a retirement reformation? We got Bruce Brinesma on the line today. He's calling him from the airport, stuck in the airport in Colorado today. He's got something to share, and I want you to hear it because retirement is under attack. Bruce, it's all fake news, this whole retirement thing, isn't it? It sure is. Matter of fact, let me just put two Bible verses together, two pieces of Scripture that really put this whole thing into perspective. First of all, from, from John, John fifteen sixteen. Listen to this. You, and this is Jesus' words. You did not choose me, but I chose you and called you so that you might bear fruit, fruit that will last. And whatever you ask in my Father's name, he will give it to you. Just a, a thought about that is if God has a call in our life, it doesn't stop at 65. And if it doesn't stop at 65, if it continues till we die, and we need to be listening because he's got a plan for us. And then when we tie that Romans 12, 2 that you, that you referred to a little while ago, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will, and that lasts for a lifetime during the 30 years of retirement, all three phases, and starts with our preparation. All right, so, uh, I, and it, it is so true but the but the four walls church is really struggling with this whole idea. This is Jim's opinion coming out here, but I've been studying the church for a really long time. I've been part of the church all my I'm with life. You, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but when you look at the four walls church, what they typically do is they set up small groups and they put all of the chronologically superior by decades in their own groups and they put all the young people together in their own group and, and so they leave the young people to figure out stuff on their own, the middle-aged people to figure out stuff on their own, and all the chronologically superior people to figure out things, well, they've already figured them out, now just to kind of live and eat and have socials. How in the world do we fix this? What, what do you think we should do? Why, why is it the church is doing this to people? Well, I think there's a couple of issues that we can explore with that. Uh, first of all, is a friend of mine has a really apt description of that, of that lack of generational interactivity, and he calls it siloing. And so we have siloed each one of the different groups, the young people yeah. and the young marrieds and on and on and on. And then, and then you take the, the seniors, and here's what the church says to the seniors, and this is very dem- demonstrative of, of what the problem is. And here's what they say. They tell you, say two things. First, don't stop giving. <laughs> the, second thing, the second thing they say is don't be grumpy. And that's about the extent of it. Don't stop giving and don't be grumpy. Well, wait, so, they tell them what, Bruce, they tell them one other thing. And the music's going to change, just get used to it. Yeah. Mm. Well, don't be grumpy about it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and don't be grumpy about it. There's the key, you are so right. And so, and, and so we have had the issues. I think one of the things that has led to it is, is the, uh, a really good thing, that is our great appreciation for, the, for our understanding of the need to be able to you know, engage our, our young people, because that is the future of the church. However, let me give you a statistic that puts this, in, this issue into perspective. Here it is. Americans under 18 will be outnumbered by those over 60 by the end of 2019. And so oh. the dramatic fact of longevity is now 
brought us face-to-face with something we haven't had to deal with before, and that is that we have large numbers of young people that we need to nurture and encourage and, and bless, but at the same time, we have, have the 55, 60, 65 and older who not only do they need to be blessed, but given the opportunity to be a blessing. And so the idea of the intergenerational church is one of the foundational ideas, looking at it from the church perspective, uh, about the Retirement Reformation. Let me just add one more thought to that. Here's the big dream. Here's the big idea, is that we have a Retirement Reformation coordinator in every single church and Christian nonprofit in the country to be able to help address, form, and lead the, the issues and the programs that need to come together uh, for, for that age group and for breaking down those silos, those barriers that certainly exist. Well, I think you could actually stop the exodus of the chronologically superior to the South if you gave them purpose in and out every day as they stop getting a paycheck and start living on their pensions and their 401ks and their savings, that if you gave them purpose, I don't think that they'd escape to the golf courses and the beaches because they wouldn't want to leave. Well, the key is that, and what you say is the key is to be able to to understand that you do have meaning and there is Mm -hmm. a purpose. God has called you to it. He's also prepared you for it. Now we just simply need to be connected with him and allow spirit to be able to guide us and to be open to doing that taking new steps in new areas for him for which we are actually already prepared very good so tell us in the ministry of um the retirement reformation how are you helping retirees and pre-retirees get ready for phase two of their lives first of all it's understanding uh just just coming to a new understanding a a new conversion, if you wish, a, a reformation, a, a change in thinking, because it all starts with mm-hmm. a change in thinking and, and an understanding of why. Once that's in place, then there are lots of different formats and different ways that people can do. First of all, if you go to our website, there's books we brought together. The Retirement Reformation was actually manifesto. Uh, was put together by 16 of us that all came together in November, all of whom have, are authors who are leading thinkers, for people concerned about this issue, you go to the website, you'll see a number of their books. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will be a book out uh, in uh, probably the end of March called The Retirement Reformation. And, and so, so there's lots of information to be able to help inform and then engage. Then when we talk about what is the next step, the whole process of listening to, now what is your call for that next stage? And the whole process of understanding that process and, and what listening really looks like. As Christians, we should have been listening for our whole lives. Mm. This should be nothing new. This should be just an extension of what we've already been doing. Unfortunately, for so many, it's going to be a new point of transformation. I've got to ask this question because I just can't imagine. I mean, I get so frustrated because you're fighting this tidal wave of information, misinformation, that tells yep. chronologically superior people who are no longer getting a paycheck that... It's okay for them to check out, and I mean, and you and you lack support in in really in all sectors of the kingdom. Most people don't even recognize the deep, deep value. Not everybody, but most people don't recognize the deep, deep value of the chronologically superior, the retirees, quote unquote. How do you deal with that frustration and channel it 
into this vision that you have of putting a retirement reformation representative in every church and Christian nonprofit in this country. I mean, I get, I get frustrated. How do you deal with this? <laughs> it is hard, and that's the reason why it's not going to be a book, it's not going to be a program, it's not going to be a series of radio programs, it's not going to be a series of lectures, it's not going to be webinars, it's not going to be any of those things. It needs to be a movement. Mm. It needs to be a movement. And so it is going to take all of us, one at a time, those who are thought leaders and then those who, who just listen and go, you know, that makes some sense. Let me check out that manifest. Let me read what it says and see if that, that really connects with me. And one at a time, it takes lots and lots of drops of water to build a wave. But once that wave is built, when you hit that tipping point, then, in fact, major change takes place. And that frustration that you talk about uh, has, has a chance of, of being addressed. But it's going to take lots and lots of individual drops, all mm-hmm. of us coming together, in working towards a common goal of understanding, changed lives, listening to God's call, and taking action. You know, you just brought up so many good points, and I think one of the things that I'm hearing in you is that, you know, you know that um, this is this is a big change and a, a big um, a way of thinking that uh, little— individual people need to adopt it, and as they're living it out, as they're— um, putting their lives against Romans twelve two and saying, I'm not going to just conform. If everybody is doing X in their retirement, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do something more intentional that they are then learning how to bring others with them and um, being very strategic about that. And sometimes it's just taking a stand. And I can, I, there's so many things I'm thinking of right now as far as um, you know, making choices of how you spend your day can impact those around you if you if you do it with intentionality. Let Bruce, me talk about the, Let me just talk about the church for just a moment to to kind of continue to expand in that arena. As there becomes a, a group of people in any given church, and and they're talking to the leadership, and they're and and they're understanding the the percentage of the budget, for example, that is being spent on younger people. And then you look at the percentage of the budget that's spending on what's going to be 30 to 40% of most churches is going to be people 60 and older. And, and uh, there, there's a message to our pastoral and our ministerial leadership to, to be, and, and to our boards, our deacons, uh, uh, our consistories, whatever it is that's called in, in the faith group that we're in. Right. But to be able to address these issues intentionally and support them. Mm. So talk to me about that. How do we help people start that new mindset today and not think about the fact that when they, that when they quote unquote, well, when they become chronologically superior and no longer getting a paycheck, that they just get to go and ride their boat all day long and play golf and collect seashells, but they don't have significance in what they do? Well, the understanding when you go to the Retirement Reformation Manifesto, one of the things that, uh, that you'll quickly see is there is a list of 10 principles. And I think there's a couple of starting spots within those 10 principles that addresses this issue. First of all is, 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 the, is one of the principles that we call community. We need community and connection with others in authentic relationships, not just during retirement, but in our 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s. And to be able to learn what that is, that we are in community, not alone, we are not isolated, uh, we, 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 have, we have a calling, 
in, in that we can do that in community. We don't do that in isolation. Then if you go down, and that's, I think, the sixth uh, principle, you go down to the ninth and the tenth, and I think we, there are some other opportunities for us to, to be challenged. First of all, it's called service, and that each one of us, that we, we are called to live on mission for Jesus, representing him to others. And, and God calls us to be on mission during every stage of life. Hmm. And, and so each one of us is called to that. And as we are responding, you know, and I said that I you know, became a Christian at 13, and, and there was a major change in at age 30, and, and then we haven't talked about it. There was another major direction at 50 and another one at 70, and there's probably going to be another one tomorrow. Um, <laughs> that, that we all have to live on mission in every stage of life. And, under, and then when we go back to that John verse, and it says that we are to bear fruit. So we have the metrics. We have the ability to be able to understand kind of where are we in relation to our spiritual journey and God's call in our lives. It doesn't matter whether we're 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or whatever. So being on mission. And then the, then the, then the tenth one is advocacy. And, and here we talk about the resolve to encourage others to find meaning and purpose following God's design. And once we learn that, that, that the way God has made us and the way he's created his world and the way he's called us to be his church is that, is that we all have those unique calls at every stage of our life. Mm-hmm. And that as a result of those unique calls and our willingness to step into them, to be able to take the next step in what is our preferred future, each one of those has, has two, two wonderful pieces. Number one, it brings us joy, meaning, and purpose. But... It also gives us new wisdom to be able to apply to whatever is next. You know, you've got this on the Retirement Reformation website, retirementreformation.org, retirementreformation.org. you got the manifesto tab, and people can look at the long version, the short version, and they can sign it, and then it'll get sent to them, and they've got a copy for themselves. I would encourage you, because we know that chronologically superior people love to share things in emails. So I would recommend that everybody listening today get a copy of this retirement manifesto, sign it, and then have it sent to you, and then... Put it on Facebook and share it. Send it to all your uh, chronologically superior people in your life and let them share it because they bulk share things via email still. (laughs) And let this pass on because this is something that desperately is needed. Mm -hmm. Bruce, you know, one of the things you mentioned in the last segment was that when chronologically superior people hang out with younger people, it keeps Mm. them younger. And it's so mm. desperately needed, but yet we've got we've got a couple in our lives, Dick and Karen, who have demonstrated this for so many years. They've always hung out with young people, mentoring them, investing their lives in them, walking alongside of them. It kept them young, and it keeps us young, knowing that that's what they've done. Encourage people out there to just give people some specific things they can do and how they can engage those the the next generations. One of the things that our life group at our church is doing is that, is that in, 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 it is a homogeneous group of people from an age standpoint, but we're going to go through a series, and we're going to invite three couples for two weeks each to come to our class, and we're going to have an interactive dialogue with them to learn what it is that they struggle with, what it is to learn that we've struggled with, how we can be of assistance with them. So there's just a, an organizational kind of a way to do that. You've got your grandkids. Uh, there's another 
obviously a good opportunity, and this retirement manifesto is a great way to start a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, an intergenerational small group uh, is, is good to go to your pastor and say, you know, we'd like to start a new group, but we don't want it to be all old folks or young folks or middle folks. We'd like to have it representative from all three. Do you think we could find, you know, a, a couple or two uh, from each one of those categories and meet together and commit to do that for maybe five or six weeks? Uh, use the Retirement Reformation Manifesto or any of the other resources as a jumping-off point. But for Pete's sake, the first step is just simply to get to know each other and build a relationship. Most definitely. And I and thank you for in, in, encouraging them yeah, to do that ideas. because those are some great ideas and just looking at life differently. So when, when someone, say they're listening and they're already well into retirement right now, is it too late for them to change and adopt this Retirement Reformation perspective? Absolutely not. Uh, as a matter of fact, let me give you another story. Um, there's a there's a 15 week program um, uh, that that deals with 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 world missions, and uh, there's this lady. She was 83, as it turns out, and she also walked with a cane, kind of a little stooped over, but she made it to every one of the 15 sessions. Hmm. Okay, it's called Perspectives Class, yep. and she made it to every single one of them. And at the end, she came up to the to the to the leader who had, had presented the last uh, the last of the fifteen lessons, and after everyone else has left, she kind of hobbled up to him and looked up at him and said, "You know, you know what you've done? You have changed my life." She was eighty three. That's it cool. Never, it is never too late, and we all have a next stage. That's why those, understanding those three stages is so important because. No matter where you fit into the chronological piece of that, there is always another stage that is ahead. And God has a plan for it, and you've got a role in it, and you have an opportunity to find meaning and purpose and to be able to impact others for Christ during that time in your way, with your experience, according to God's call. That's right. So speak to the pre-retirees that are listening, because we are, I work for him right now. um, And so a lot of the people that we are talking to on a daily basis are currently in the workforce, you know, as we say. So give them some biblical perspective on following Jesus as they prepare and get into their retirement. Well, it's it's really just simply a matter of, of preparation. And as we as we think about, you know, what are, what are the different ways that we grow spiritually? And so to be able to find a, a consistent way to be in the Word, not just sitting in the pulpit on Sunday, but having a consistent way to be in the Word. Uh, that is, you know, that's God's voice to all of us for all ages. Secondly, to, to be able to, to, to take that next step in that prayer life. Matter of fact, uh, we have created a a, as, as part of a, there's an app called Prayer Mate that I would urge your audience to to uh, uh, click into. And, okay. and in Prayer Mate, uh, we put together a whole series of prayers about uh, these issues that people hmm. can use to as a jump off, jumping off point. Okay. Um, Bruce, I uh, want to make, before we run out of time, because we're almost out of time, you do yep. some events. You hold retirement mm. reformation events. Tell our audience about those. How can they uh, have one of these events? We are in the process of putting those in place, and for if your church or your group uh, would like to have one of those and have us interface with you, you can reach us through the, uh, through the website, and we'd be happy to arrange that for you, and we think that method of communication is only going to grow. So thank you for asking.
So make sure you check it out online, retirementreformation.org, retirementreformation.org. Bruce, you have 15 seconds. Tell the audience whatever you want them to hear from you. (laughs) God has a plan for your life. Listen to it. Live it out. You'll find meaning and purpose, and the net result will be to experience the fruits of the Spirit. Amen. All the way to the last breath. Bruce Brinesma from Retirement Reformation, thank you so much for being on our work for him today. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to doing it again. Uh, yes, and I look forward to partnering with you on this Retirement Manifesto and the I Retire for Him Nation. Look for an email from me on that one. <laughs> Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate it. God bless. Check out Retirement Reformation. Great conversation. I'm just so excited. I'm, I'm kind of coming down. I was so excited about this. RetirementReformation.org. RetirementReformation.org. Start living it with intentionality as you look to those retirement years. You would listen to our work for him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Work Christ followers. Our workplaces are mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.